Hello everyone. Welcome to another flashback episode of the Good Faith Idea Exchange. For today's episode, we're going back almost a year to a conversation I had with an old military friend. Some of you have heard him on this show uh, before. Um, his name is Tyler Kerrigan. This was a conversation that we had a few weeks after the fallout with the January 6th, you know, events at the Capitol, the fallout of the election. And we talked about that. We talked about, um, you know, we, we talked about a few, a few different things surrounding that and where our country is at and what things we can do to try and make things a little bit better and what's really what's really hindering us as a country from getting more where we need to be. It's not a very long conversation, so I hope you guys enjoy it. And um, also a reminder, the new season begins in another two weeks. Um, the new season, uh, season three, will begin on Sunday, January 16th, so keep a lookout for that. Anyway, enjoy. Unfortunately, you know, at this point, you've kind of got, you really kind of have two extremes in this country because, you know, at one point, you, you're kind of starting to see a pattern where you'll have someone who will take over in the White House for four years and they might be um, a Democrat or they might be Republican. And, you know, after those four years are done, you know, half, half the country is very, you know, it's pretty much, it's pretty much more than, you know, people can handle. And people are like, this is, you know, this is kind of crazy. We've had enough. Um, mm -hmm. We need a change. But with the two party system, you're not, you're, you're literally going from one extreme end of the spectrum to the opposite extreme end of the spectrum. And, um, you know, if, if there can't be some serious steps made to begin to put an end to just this two party system, things are going to continue to get worse. You know, you, you have two giant, powerful political parties that frankly are corporate owned, corporate run, and you know they have so much power that it's you know it's it, unfortunately it's become very difficult to to sort of break that power. And um, our elections, um, this is not the way that our elections should really, you know, our our democratic elections should really be. You know, you should be able to get a candidate. You should be able to find a candidate who truly embodies what you believe. You shouldn't be pushed to the point that you feel like you need to latch on to one of these the two. The lesser extremes. of two evils. Yeah. Exactly. You know? I agree with you, but I don't, I think just because A, I mean, this is the most cliche of cliche uh, statements, but because the country is such a melting pot of, of personalities and ideals and backgrounds and cultures and all that stuff, right? Finding someone who, who mirrors you is going to be 
almost impossible. And so I feel like that the logical, you know, conclusion there is, okay, great. Well, if no one represents me, then I need to go represent me. But like what honest person wants to get involved in politics these days? Like, <laughs> Not me. Right. right. Uh, you know, it makes me think about, you know, pick a person who's been up for an election or a position in the last 10 years even, and show me, you know, someone who hasn't been slandered or had all their personal information released online to people showing up at their house and harassing them. Like who wants to deal with that stuff, right? right. All to go and try and fight a system that seems almost just corrupted to its core, right? Where it, it seems like yeah. it's like in, insurmountable. Like, yeah, what honest person wants to go and get involved in politics now? And half the country feels like truthfully politics doesn't affect them anyway. Like I used to like feel that whoever was in the White House like didn't matter because my daily life wasn't going to change. And I realize that that's not true now, but it's not so true that you really, you know, have to put time into considering it. Like, I think people should because it's responsible. And truthfully, like, is you're not a tax paying adult, then, you know, yeah, it probably doesn't matter that much to you. But I don't know. I mean, I think that people should pretty heavily consider what to do because I, the problem needs fixing and it's going to take all of us to kind of figure it out. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, with, with what you had just uh, mentioned, I think you said, um, you know, if you're not a tax paying adult, you may not, you know, be concerned about it, but Hey, if you're, if you're not a tax paying adult, you one way or another, you soon will be. So it's definitely, it's definitely important for, yeah, I, I think, and I think a lot of people are, you know, kind of, be, you know, understanding that, but mm-hmm. again, you know, like I've said before, the, I, I think a big issue is, um, you know, if you're a regular American citizen, you've got 24 hour cable news networks, um, you've got social media and, you know, with the 24 hour cable news networks, you have, you're kind of getting that one of two extremes again, you know, you're getting one or the other, if you're not getting the quote unquote news that is totally editorialized and, you know, kind of presented in a way that, you know, you're only going to see it pretty much one way um, as you're watching it. If you're not, you know, if you're not getting that, then you're getting the talking heads um, yelling over one another and basically uh, just being totally rude to one another just to, um, Throw, throw out some points that, you know, many of which are not even completely, you know, are not even really necessarily completely accurate. Um, right. And if you're not getting that, then, you know, which frankly is kind of playing upon your emotions, um, the strongest of your emotions, you know, which are really anger and fear. They're not making you angry. They're giving you another reason to be afraid of something and yeah. anger and fear are you know two emotions that bring about the most action and reaction but then you have social media which is kind of further isolating people from one another because you know if you had some you know say you had some kid who was um at, during the time i was growing up in the 90s say you had some kid who sort of retreated in re- retreated inside themselves to and it gets to the point where the kid is starting to throw out you know some opinions that are getting more and more to the extreme, you know, 
if 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 that kid had thrown that had thrown out those opinions back when I was growing up, there there'd be no filter in the replies that that child that that kid would get, and they're gonna hear what people have to say around them to the point that they may not um, that they that they may lash out, they may lash back at um, you know one or two of these people, but even still, it's going to be enough to make them think. And that's going to be, you know, that conversation that, you know, hearing these different ideas from people, it's going to be, you know, that that's enough to at least get that kid to think. Whereas now with social media, that filter, um, that filter is there and it's no longer really, or it's no longer anything close to organic. And, you know, now, that kid, you know, retreats in, in, into themselves, starts throwing out, you know, more and more extreme ideas. And, you know, now it's at the point where, you know, they're going to see just, you know, a bunch of other ideas from other people that are similar to their own, you know, to the point that that kid's going to probably be like, well, sh- you know, shoot, I guess I'm really on to something. And the next thing you know, um, you know, maybe that maybe that uh, post that that kid put out has got like 25, 30, 40 likes. And now they're like, Oh, I must really be onto something. And right. You know, you're never getting that blowback that you need to begin to formulate how you think about things and how you see the world. Yeah, I agree. There's no uh, intellectual friction in the echo chamber. And that is something that especially young people is they're forming ideas because Truthfully, every young kid has had a shitty opinion at one point, or they thought it was okay to, uh, I don't know, like, you know, speak a certain way or whatever it is, right? Like, you just have to like learn and grow uh, as you're coming up. And you can't do that if everyone else around you is the same idiot you are, if that makes any sense. It, It makes me think of like, you know, when we talk about having free speech, but then we have a ban on hate speech. And I'm like, well, it doesn't mean that people don't still say those things. It just means that they say those things in secret. And anything that's done in secret, especially stuff like that, just turns into, you know, it it festers and it grows. So truthfully, it's almost better if, you know, the guy with the shitty opinion just has it out in public so that other people can be like, hey, man, like, where do you get off, you know, thinking like that or talking like that? What are you doing? Uh, Instead of, you know, putting them on 4chan and then, you know, 50 other people with the same opinion are like, yeah, that sounds great. That's exactly how the world should be. No. (laughs) Um, I tell you what, man, I know that we're running out of time here, but, um, I, I just wanted to, to kind of ask, cause it seems like, you know, with a lot of our political stuff going on, that, uh, existential dread is, is a real concern. What do you think that, you know, you and I, and everyone else listening is as everyday Americans, not, you know, we're not political experts or, uh, you know, nobody's in Congress. I mean, maybe you are, I don't know if you're listening, you're in Congress. That's great. You know, <laughs> Please try and fix the thing or two while you're there. Uh, but like, what do you think that us regular Americans can do to help stem uh, some of the political divide here um, between the, the the left and the right uh, and fix some of this polarization? I think at our level, um, the first and easiest thing that we can do is, you know, turn off the 24 hour cable news networks and tune out of social media, at least to a degree. If, you know, it, it's probably going to be very difficult to just suddenly, you know, tune it all out cold turkey or anything like that. But, you know, maybe go on a little bit of a diet and, you know, lessen the amount that you engage um, with this stuff. Because, 
it, it eventually, you know, like I had said, you know, a, a lot of this stuff is playing off of your emotions and especially your anger and your fear, your angers and your fears. If it continues to happen, you know, and especially with social media, I mean, you, you know, you take, you know, you take a lot of these algorithms and social media um, that are literally designed to, you know, grow and evolve you know, and, and become more precise and accurate all the time, you know, you could literally, you know, you, and, and not just on the major social media platforms either, but, you know, you could literally get on, you know, your, you know, your favorite search engine or whatever and type in, um, shoot, type in climate change. And, you know, depending on your demographic, depending on your history, your browsing history, you know, depending on what, what, you know, basically depending on what the internet says about you, you know, you could see anything in the, in the autofill that's going to come up after you type in climate change. You could see anything from, you know, climate change is, you know, death incarnate to climate change is a hoax and absolutely point and absolutely based. Yeah. You know, Correct. so, so, I mean, um, you know, the, I think the more that we, allow ourselves to engage in this stuff, the more we allow it to run our lives, you know, we need to really kind of step back and, you know, not allow ourselves to be driven deeper and deeper into this rabbit hole, because eventually it's going to get to the point where, you know, people are going to be quarantining themselves long after COVID is done and just staying in their homes, being, you know, angry and, you know, kind of hating everyone and afraid of everyone, even their own neighbors. And, you know, shoot, you should, you know, you should love your neighbor. You shouldn't, you know, hate them or fear them or any of that. And yeah, um, I think I read that in a book one time. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I, I think I did too, you know, but, um, <laughs> but well, uh, I tell you, man, I cannot help but agree with everything you've said. And I think that the other really, really key piece to this thing is, uh, you know, it's exactly what you and I are doing now. And that's just having conversations where, you know, topics aren't excluded for fear of offending someone or like, I mean, you just honestly, you need to just be real with people, right? Like the only way that we get through the tough topics is to talk about them. The only way that, uh, you know, you solve a real issue is to get into it and real issues offend people. Right. So, uh, I think it's our duty as, as citizens who live here, right. To dive into the real issues. And like, if someone disagrees with you, it's probably not personal. You know what I mean? Like it, it it's doubtful that you are the single cause for said issue. Right. So like right. hear them out. Uh, I read a book uh, by this Canadian philosopher, uh, intellectual guy, and he, he has the chapter in his book that's titled, you know, uh, assume that the person that you're talking to knows something that you don't. And I, that, that really resonated well with me, but, um, I think that's something that we all need to put into practice. And, um, I tell you, I'll, I'll, um, I'll wrap up the episode, um, at least from my end with a quote that I read the other day. Uh, and it's <laughs> not really a quote because I can't find the quote, but, uh, I'll, I'll break it down, uh, the essence of it. Okay. Uh, and it was essentially that, you know, words, uh, are not violence and that disagreement is not an assault. The only way that you can really answer speech that you do not like or speech that you feel harms you is with more speech. 
Uh, and the point of that, obviously, is just, you know, we've got to talk through the issues, right? Like someone saying something I don't agree with doesn't mean that they verbally assaulted me. You just, in, in today's age, especially, right? You, you got to really strap in and be ready for, for tough conversations and tough topics. But like at the end of the day, we're all, all in this together. So the goal shouldn't be to knock off your, your talking points and to, to break somebody else down. It should be yeah. either to teach or to learn. Um, and, and, uh, the best conversations are, are when you get to do both. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's, that's kind of our, our everyday responsibility, if, if you will. All right. And that is all for today's episode. Another reminder that season three kicks off in two weeks, uh, January 16th. Uh, that's Sunday, day before Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, that is the uh, season premiere for our third season. I want to thank everyone who has made this little podcast that could get to the point that it already is uh, today. Um, thank you all very much for listening. And thank you. I don't know what else to say. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone.